There's an old Native American proverb which says inside every person there is harmless phosphorescence. Everyone, this is Throw Smiley, and this is my special place. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh CC and solitary, the both of you. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm Brian Lesh, and we're trapped in this podcast with this movie, and I hate it. And I'm Human Tetherball, Alaric Weber. <laughs> and, uh, this, he is tied to a pole that we spin him around. <laughs> There's a, there's a man in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. Calls himself the human tetherball. <laughs> this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's a podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, then we tell you all about it. This show is brought to you by patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You want to be a patron too? Just go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. We got a bunch of bonus content there. Uh, we got monthly movies. Um, this month we're going to be recording Josie and the Pussycats. That'll be coming out to you sometime before September's over. Uh, we got a bunch of other monthly movies. We just did Cabin Boy. We've got like Independence Day, Grem- two Gremlins movies, bunch of stuff. The Shining. Yeah, yeah. We we there's yeah. a there's there's dozens of uh, movie episodes up there. A ton of music episodes. Uh, Star Wars movie episodes, so check it out. Patreon.com slash Harmless Entertainment. Buck a month is all you need to get going. This week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching The New Mutants. What's the last thing you remember, Danny? He said we had to run. The reason you survived is because you're a very uncommon girl. You're not alone. Not anymore. Do you know what mutants are? Would anyone like to share their first time? Rain? I was 13. I thought it was a dream. I just lost control. Sam? I started panicking. People got hurt. Roberto? My girlfriend had burned hair. Ileana? I killed 18 men. One by one. This isn't a hospital. It's a cage. It's important we find out your power so we can help you get better. I saw something. I don't think she wanted me to see. I don't think we're here to get better. This place takes your greatest fear. It makes you live through it until it kills you. Who's there? We can get out of this together. 
The new mutants. Um, same as the old mutants. Uh, this was released August 28th, 2020. <laughs> the running time in 94 minutes. It cost $80 million and it made $49.2 million, which is honestly more than I was expecting for August 2020. The real statistic I want to know is how many people got COVID seeing this movie? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it was a COVID movie smack dab in the middle of COVID. August I'm saying $49 million. Statistically speaking, some of these people got COVID. Right. Some of those people probably died. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah. That's uh, a lot of money. That's a lot of film goers. <laughs> it is. 40, that was, we were peak pandemic in August. I mean, what? That's like, uh, oh, God. So, like, that's probably four or five million people <laughs> went out to see this movie. Yeah, man. Ooh, that's a lot for COVID. Pe- America loves movies. Which goes to show you, <laughs> yeah, people really just are really bad at risk assessment. Um, yeah, they love Texas Roadhouse, too. Like, like I, an idiot. I will eat a peanut off the ground. <laughs> that nacho <laughs> looks good. I subscribe to the 24-hour rule. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been on the floor longer than that. Well, so, the, dog, the dog can fight me for it. Speaking of the box office, guys, you ready to play the <laughs> box office top 10 game? <laughs> Oh, no. Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) The box office top 10 game for the uh, week of August 28th, 2020. (laughs) I would. Okay, so this is not nearly as bad or nearly as dead as I thought it was going to be. March through June, there were literally like going through some of the box office mojo pages were literally like two, one to three movies in release period. Starting wow. in July, there started to be a bit more. So we've got a full a full 10 now. And in fact, um, there, there were 27 movies in release the week of October 28th. It's a lot of money on the hook for these uh, production companies, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, <laughs> some of the movies that were in release... So people went out to see movies such as Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark. What's the first one about? I assume Killer Raccoons. <laughs> I assume, but is it like I think it's a is Hanuk- it like a Thanksgiving movie? <laughs> yeah, right. No. Dark Christmas in the Dark. Yes. <laughs> they mostly come at night, mostly. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> um Bump Kowalski and the Ten Commandments. Um <laughs> I said I texted joke for that. See, I'm getting better at controlling this. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and but our top ten this week. This is uh, I will count down the top ten movies of the week uh, using only the box office mojo descriptions, and uh, except of course when I don't do that. Um, and the guys are going to try to guess the movie. You you ready to play, fellas? Yeehaw. All right. Elbow. Here we go. At number coffin to your what? Into my elbow. Right. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to give us the gross for the week for each of these movies too, since it's uh... (laughs) I'm, I want to know just for my own curiosity. At number 10 this week, grossing $141,000. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
a zombie virus. <laughs> oh no. In 2020, a movie about a zombie virus. Shit. Um, a zombie virus has in the last four years spread to all South Korea. Four Koreans in Hong Kong sail through the blockade to Incheon for $20 million on a truck. Ah. Uh, wow. This, I saw the trailer for this, and I almost wa- I still haven't seen it, but God, I remember this coming out. It looks like it is a Korean language film, so I imagine the subtitles are dubbed. It it's almost the same plot as that Zack Snyder movie, uh, where they rob Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, huh. Yeah, the zombie heist movie, yeah. Yeah. Um it's called <laughs> It's called Peninsula. Perfect name for a Korean movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or a Florida movie. Um, you're really similar (laughs) I'm waiting to see the sequel Isthmus (laughs) similar similar dynamics the north of Florida is uh, more probably more questionable than the south of Florida in some ways Hmm. yeah good Um, point yeah Um, at number 9 opening this week at (laughs) $188,000 these are paying for the camera rentals at least yeah it's uh, funny. I didn't realize there was a spectrum, but like w- when we say that a movie has made like three billion dollars, I always have a reaction. And it's always like, oh my god, that's disgusting. And now, whenever I hear anything in the thousands range, I have an immediate reaction. I can't control. Like, yeah, it, it's it almost made worse. As much money as like a, a an FHA loan. Right. <laughs> it's it's almost worse than a movie making like eighty five dollars. Yeah, yeah. one hundred and forty-four thousand. Yeah, yeah cool. it's enough people saw it, but like also like not enough people saw it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like Did, you know, let's just not put the numbers out there. Didn't we have one uh, from last week that was like twenty-seven dollars? Yeah, or- <laughs> yeah, twenty-seven dollars. The week of COVID, it was twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we joked. Yeah, you could accidentally make twenty-seven dollars. Yeah, so yeah. by people ringing in the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah, so like two people showed up at the theater and they were like, "Wonder where everyone is." Oh, the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna see it. I mean, it was probably a safe closer. viewing. Yeah. For $27, you know, three people. Uh, so, all right. At number, <laughs> opening at number uh, nine this week. <laughs> um, in 1937, 800 Chinese soldiers fight under siege from a warehouse in the middle of the Shanghai battlefield, completely surrounded by the Japanese army. This is another import. This one from China. Well, wait, you said warehouse? Warehouse, yeah. Under siege from a warehouse in the middle of the Shanghai battlefield, completely surrounded by the Japanese army. It's a World War II movie from the Chinese perspective. Nanking. Standoff. No, no, that's not a bad guess, though, Al. Under siege. (laughs) Their SEO would be terrible. Um, (laughs) Shanghai. (laughs) <laughs> um, the fortress. No, no. All good uh, guesses. It's it's um, landlocked. Going with geographic themes. No. So the the key is uh, that it was eight hundred Chinese soldiers. It's called the eight hundred. Oh, so it's like three hundred. Yeah. 
but, but, but with, more. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is it more or less fascist propaganda than 300 was? Uh, um, at number eight this week. Set after Hurricane Katrina for boyhood friend. Man, the what's out in the middle of COVID's crazy. Like a zombie, yeah. like virus There's nothing movie. uplifting. Hurricane Katrina. Like, guys. Set after Hurricane Katrina, four boyhood friends out of options reluctantly accept an offer to pull off a dangerous heist in the heart of New Orleans. I remember hearing about this movie. I never saw it, but I remember hearing about it. You could start off the synopsis of most any movies saying post Katrina, <laughs> even if it's not related to right. it. It's, it's Iron, either pre or post. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This, or a movie about Katrina. This movie's yeah, that, she crazy. Yeah, this movie stars T.I., Wesley Snipes, Ethan Hawke, Terrence Howard, uh, oh. and Demetrius Ship Jr. Oh, oh, Demetrius oh, oh Jr. this is. This is written and directed by RZA. Oh. So it's a heist movie. Um, waters. Like, high water. No, hmm. no, could guess that. Uh, uh, heck of a job. <laughs> <laughs> Back patters. Um, the tag for this, lot, and this movie is Desperate Times, Dangerous Measures. Hmm. All right, that's a decent tag. Uh, FEMA heist. <laughs> FEMA heist. Oh, uh, Superdome. Oh, Superdome. that's not bad. That the 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 name the name is about the place. Uh, okay. Third Ward. No, no, that would have been good. That's though. a good guess. Fred too. Ward. Fred Ward. <laughs> it's like, the entire Fred Ward has been shut down. Um, the quarter. No, all good. It's called Cutthroat City. Oh. <laughs> okay. I hope it's better than Cutthroat Island. Yeah. Um, at number seven this week, um, with two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. Now talking. That's, af- a, that's a fifth of a million. Yeah. Um, after the his shitty home in Tucson. After his pet is kidnapped, our hero and his best friend embark on an epic adventure. To the lost city of Atlantic City to bring him home. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it is animated. It is part of a very, very well-known IP, huge IP, Transylvania something, an IP uh, that is not best known for film but television. Uh, the oh. History Channel's uh, Hitler no. Gets His Dog Back. <laughs> Hitler Gets His Dog Back. <laughs> Is that the sequel to Stella? I didn't know anyone took his dog. All right. <laughs> no, this is a, one of the, an Adam's Family movie, right? No. Damn. No, it is a, it is a children's cartoon. Oh, then I'm with Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it is Louis versus Hitler getting his dog. Uh, <laughs> Give me my dog. No, my dear. I, okay, I have a question to ask, which will shed some light on this. Who lives shed. in a pineapple under the sea? 
There's a SpongeBob movie? It's the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run. <laughs> Someone kidnaps Gary, and SpongeBob and Patrick go to Atlantic City to okay, bring wait. him home. Gary is SpongeBob's I remember pet? That. Yeah. Isn't, I what? thought Gary yeah. was like a, a thinking being. No, like, no, no. He's like a, an independent, has like. He's essentially a cat. I yeah, mean, he, he says he, he literally, like literally, all he can say is meow. He doesn't meow. He says the word meow, but he says it oh. in a meow way. Sometimes, Weird. like, like you know, phrases yeah. up like a cat. I have probably not seen an entire episode of SpongeBob. Wow, oh, what? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> Do I, yourself weird. a favor. I yeah, you were you were in your late. You were in your like teens when that was on, getting high. What were you doing? Yeah, Ryan? I, I was the target market for it. It was just too frenetic for me. I think it was just too much going on, too much mm. yelling. The SpongeBob voice gets to me. It's kind of grating. Mm. I'm with oh, Brian. I have also never seen a full yeah. episode of SpongeBob. I know. I know every word to the theme song. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have. I have two kids. I've seen many, many, many episodes of SpongeBob repeatedly. Yeah, I've probably seen all of them. It was the natural um, next step from Ren and Stimpy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. I still prefer Ren and Stimpy over, obviously. So so do I, in some ways, yeah. Yeah, Ren and, yeah, in some ways, but, for um, sure. But, yeah, there's, it's nothing but trippy adult humor. SpongeBob himself is voiced by um, it's Tom a, Kenny, I think. Yeah, Tom Kenny. Anyways, Bobcat Goldwaith's former comedy partner yeah for years well and Tom I, Cat, I, I, I appreciate any show where they're literally sitting around a fire at the bottom of the sea and <laughs> yeah. spongebob says to another character you have no respect for the realities of physics yep <laughs> it's uh it's funny it's a funny show um number six this week with six hundred and twenty nine thousand dollars Diagnosed with a mental illness halfway through his senior year of high school, a witty, introspective teen struggles to keep it a secret while falling in love with a brilliant classmate who inspires him to not be defined by his condition. My brain like not was, good. This is some real... Uh, uh, it sounds like he was doing fine. John Green type. Yeah, I was going to say, like the fault in our stars yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um... So say the first sentence again. Just for a Diagnosed with a mental illness halfway through his senior year of high school. A witty, introspective teen struggles to keep it a secret while falling in love with a brilliant classmate who inspires him to not be defined by his condition. Uh, yeah, schizophrenic like romantic picnic. <laughs> Sounded better in my head. I don't know. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's called Words on Bathroom Walls. For a good time, called John. No, Green. for a thorough psyche valve. <laughs> yeah. Call Dr. Love. <laughs> nope, don't call Dr. Love. <laughs> That's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a real doctor. <laughs> not in the ways you think. Yeah. He has a doctorate in women's studies. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to understand. So much creepier. <laughs> Opening this week at number five with six hundred and sixty-three thousand dollars. 
a modern take on a classic tale of a young orphan who is able to triumph over many obstacles. Batman. <laughs> yeah, Batman. This stars Dev Patel, Peter Capaldi, Tilda Swinton, and Hugh Laurie. Oof. Yeah, very... A terribly British adventure. Yeah, a, a brown man in London? Like, the tag is... From rags to riches and back again. <laughs> what a what a journey. It's based Oliver on- Twist with a twist. Oh, you're close, Al. It is a Dickens. Okay. Oh, uh, David Copperfield? Yeah, it's it's called The Personal History of David Copperfield. Huh. And Dev Patel is is David Copperfield. Yeah, Copperfield. it's a, a modern yeah, retelling. Cool. A modern retelling. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah, might not be bad. Um, opening this week at number four with one and a half million dollars. Woohoo. Um, there's a, let's get it open. There we go. Okay. Um, two friends find them uh, who didn't fulfill their potential as teenagers find themselves as middle-aged dads still trying to fulfill their destiny. Bill and Ted's. Yep, Bill and Ted face the music. I love Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I love Bill and Ted. <laughs> oh my God. What? Oh, I, I found um, uh, Wild Stallions uh, figurines at Bookman's on oh, nice. Friday. Nice. Oh, sweet. They look like they came from an animated show, but I don't think there ever was an animated show. No, no, there was a Bill and and Ted animated show. Absolutely. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. I doubt either of them voice, but yeah. I think they did, actually. I Mm. think they didn't get George Carr. You should look at it. I was going to say, yeah, because but the Rufus character was prominent. I remember the animated Rufus. Yeah. Anyways, that's sweet. How much were those uh, figures going? For? Oh, twelve bucks. Nice. In the box. Yeah. No, they got everybody they can't back. Can't afford not to. Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, and George Carlin all reprised their roles for the animated series. It ran twenty-one wow. episodes. Oh, I'm watching that. That's top notch. Yeah, I remember it. They, it was yeah, just their adventures through time. It, it came in between Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey. Um, yeah. at number three this week with. $3,393,000. After a confrontation with an unstable man at an intersection, a woman becomes the target of his rage. Starring Russell Crowe. Uh-uh. The tagline is, he can happen to anyone. But very slowly. <laughs> Russell, Russell Crowe. You can, can outrun Russell Crowe. Guys, watch out. Russell Crowe can happen to anybody at any time. Ah! <laughs> Some people believe. What if he introduces himself that way? Like, hello, I'm Russell. Ah! Uh, he seems like an awesome guy. Um, road rage. No, no. Um, it's it's a one-word title. Rage. Mistake. Uh, a Mel Gibson story. Mistake. <laughs> um, it says Russell Crowe is 
unhinged. <laughs> All right. Wait till you see him do a Greek accent. Uh, Opening this week at number two with $7,564,000. Fighting for the survival of the entire world, our protagonist journeys through a world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond what you expect. Tenet. <laughs> Tenet, yes. Thank you. What is, was it? Oh, Ten- Tenet. 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 The Tenet. Chris Nolan. It's like, yeah. the, the description makes no sense like the movie. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Tenet. They always when you said when international you... espionage as if there's really any other compelling kind. <laughs> Inter- <laughs> like Idaho has been yeah. spying on. Interstate <laughs> espionage. Yeah. Just like, oh shit. You don't even want to know what the Virginians are saying. Like, beyond that, in- intercity espionage. Like San Diego <laughs> is finding out some secrets about yeah. L.A. Like our sister city, Albuquerque. Yeah. Comes oh. over here to get ideas. <laughs> like coyotes with neckerchiefs. <laughs> uh, it's Coca Pelli's all the way down. Um, <laughs> always has been. Yeah, man. <laughs> At number one this week. Funny hunchback. Five with opening to eight million seven hundred thousand dollars. Five young mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. Backbeat. <laughs> uh, so this is the least financially successful Marvel movie. Period. Right? Yes. Period. As far, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like all the Hulks and Hulks. I think that. I mean, in my opinion, I think it's was timing. But absolutely, uh, oh, yeah, one hundred percent. Just development hell and yes, Fox the development hell. Disney. Yeah, we'll get into the development hell shortly. Because right. um, it's not. It was a little more straightforward than it seemed. Like I remember, because it was it took so long to actually get released that it felt like it was like this crazy set of circumstances, like Justice League level or something. But um, it was actually a lot more straightforward than that. It was just kind of a, a couple a couple bad breaks for the film, really. But um, we'll get to that in a few minutes. In the meantime, though, Al Weber, please give us all the information we need to know about the character and comic book background of these new mutants. Doctor, doctor. Same as the old mutants. Um, <laughs> small cast, but uh, apart from the dads, like every character came from the comics in this movie. Yep. Um, so the the new mutants uh they are a group of mutant superheroes appearing in marvel comics the team first appeared in the new mutants being the fourth installment in the marvel graphic novel line created by chris claremont and artist bob mcleod that was published in september of 1982. i think i have that sorry the, the New Mutants were originally depicted as being the teenage junior class of mutants at the Xavier Institute. Um, the graphic novels, uh, for obvious reasons, uh, relates the story of how they came together. 
Uh, so they were essentially the junior X-Men. <clears throat> the graphic novel was followed by an ongoing series from 1983 to 1991, at which point the team evolved into X-Force. Oh. Uh, it has it has since um, uh, the title has been brought back for, uh, a couple of times. Uh, I think they're on volume four now. Let, let's see. Uh, oh, <clears throat> these were the uh, the first two lines of the plot summary. Five young mutants are just starting to learn about their powers. All of them have a tragic past. <laughs> That's. Okay, that's like Wait, every so X-Men movie You're ever. telling me it wasn't a parable about two bears? <laughs> <laughs> the five original teammates were Wolfsbane, Sunspot, Cannonball, Karma, and Danielle Moonstar. Four of these original members made it to the big screen. Other members over the years included Shadowcat, Magma, Magic, Warlock, Cypher, Birdbrain, Firefist, Skids. <laughs> skids? Like a kid who shits his pants? No, no, I'm sorry. Firefist? Yikes. Yeah. The, you don't want to try a Firefist unless you're with a very trusting partner, by the way. Yeah. You'd need a bunch of safe words. Like bird like brain. Plastic. Like bird brain. That's, <laughs> Just that's my safe word. Ex you know, X-Men names, mutant names, after like the top like 10 of them, it starts getting really like uh, grass nose, uh, table place. Aww. Continuing, we had Richter, Boom Boom, Cable was in there for a little while, uh, Warpath, Shatterstar, and Feral. Yeah, okay. I always liked uh, Warlock. I kind of wish that, yeah, I don't know. We've seen him. Oh, that's well. That uh, we'll get into the production on that. Yeah, cool. I saw that note, so I'll save it for you, Thoreau. Of the six characters in this movie, unless otherwise noticed, I'm sorry, unless otherwise noted, first appeared in the original graphic novel in 1982. We have Danielle Mo Danielle Moonstar. Her first code name was Psyche. I couldn't tell if that was in the original. Uh, graphic novel or not, but uh, her first codename was Psyche and later Mirage. She is a Native American of the Northern Cheyenne. Her first mutant power manifestation was a vision of her parents being killed by a demonic bear, after which her parents disappear. Uh, she is taken in by her grandfather, who is killed when the Hellfire Club attempts to capture her. She was then taken in by Charles Xavier, who had been a close friend of her father. Her psionic powers would develop to include telepathy, danger sense, creating illusions, psionic bow and arrows, bullets and bolts, an empathic link with animals, and the creation of solid objects out of psionic energy. There was one time when trapped in the Asgardian realm, she freed a winged horse from barbed wire and inadvertently became a Valkyrie. <laughs> inadvertently. Like if you save a sea turtle from a six-pack altar, you become a sea turtle. <laughs> just, just like that. It's Moving on just to... like Al's the Scientist books. 
<laughs> uh, moving on to Rain Sinclair, codename Wolfsbane. She was born in the North Highlands of Scotland. Her mother died in childbirth. As an orphan, Rain was raised by the Presbyterian Reverend Craig. When she realized she was a mutant and revealed herself, Reverend Craig led an angry mob intending to burn her at the stake. Rain was rescued and later adopted by Moira McTaggart, the doctor who had presided over her delivery. Eventually recruited into the Xavier Institute, she joined the New Mutants. In adulthood, she discovered the Reverend Craig was in fact her father and her mother had been a sex worker. Dude, 80s Marvel is so dramatic. That is the most soap opera shit ever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Rain has the ability to transform into a wolf. Honing her abilities, she can shift herself through the transitional spectrum between human and a wolf, resembling a werewolf, but must take care to keep her feral instincts at bay. Don't want to be humping any legs? Yeah. Or, you know, waking up in bed with a dead rabbit in your mouth. Or shitting on the floor. <laughs> Next, we have Samuel Zachary Guthrie, codenamed Cannonball. Uh, Sam, Guthrie, Sam Guthrie has the ability to propel himself at jet speeds while encased in an impenetrable force field. Right on. Born to a large Kentucky coal family. Sam started working in the coal mine as a young boy, attempting to help his family after his father died in the very same coal mine. One day, Sam is trapped in an unironically collapsing mine shaft. Attempting to rescue a fellow worker, his mutant power unconsciously manifests, and he saves the man and himself. Sam was soon after hired by the Hellfire Club to attack the new mutants, but rebelled against the club when ordered to kill them. Sam was recruited by Xavier to become co-leader of the New Mutants alongside Danielle Moonstar. <laughs> Known pederast, Charles e. <laughs> Next, we have Roberto da Costa, codename Sunspot. Possesses the ability to absorb and channel solar energy. Roberto is the son of a wealthy Afro-Brazilian businessman and a white American archaeologist, a star soccer player at school. Taking a brutal beating, his powers manifest for the first time. His girlfriend is killed by the Hellfire Club mercenaries attempting to kill him. He is saved by Karma and Psyche, then joins the New Mutants. Um, do, do, do. The, his solar energy... Uh, granted him, uh, in addition to fire, granted him enhanced strength and flight. His only weakness is SPF 30. And pools. Um, in the comics, his parents are <clears throat> Afro-Brazilian, and he's very much light-skinned Brazilian guy. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah. Um, yeah see. That, that was a little bit of controversy in the casting. Um, we've seen Sunspot uh, previously in Days of Future Past, uh, which came out in 2014. Um, I'm just remembering uh, seeing the character like in full uh, energized mode. Mm, he was yeah. one of the 
one of the cooler looking uh, fire characters. You know, you had uh, the Human Torch pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Um, and then goofy old Firestorm uh, <laughs> yeah. over at DC with the fire the hair, dude. The fire hat, yeah. the fire hair. Um, but Sunspot was really cool, just like uh, just jet black, like a mm-hmm. uh, with the little fire things around him. I don't know. It was just a, a striking image, um, as I remember. Yeah, I agree. Then there we were have... a lot of black and yellow. Sorry, there were a lot of black and yellows in the early scheme. Now that I think about it, mentioning Warlock and what you were just saying. Yeah, yeah. Bright yellow and old black. It was being. It was part of being, their whole bee fetish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, being part of uh, the X Men adjacent, you couldn't really get away from the yellow. It's true. I, I think. Just yeah. some you had to have yellow somewhere. Uh, <laughs> ne- next up, we have Ileana Rasputina. First appeared in Giant Size yeah. X Men number one, which was True Believers, the first showing of the modern X Men team in May of 1975. Yep, created by Len Wein and Dave Cockrum, Ileana was the younger sister of Colossus Piotr Rasputin. Her first name was not Len revealed. Ween. Her first name was not revealed until 1981, however, being an infrequently used background character to Colossus's story. In December of 1983, Chris Claremont and Sal Buscema started a four-issue series titled Magic, parentheses, Ileana and Storm, giving Ileana her first cover appearance and her codename Magic. At around the age of six, Ileana is taken to the limbo dimension by a sorcerer <laughs> for evil purposes. How low can you go? Her her mutant power manifests in limbo, uh, her power being the ability to teleport via stepping disks. Ileana is trained in magic by the sorcerer Belasco and Limbo's version of Storm. She is then kidnapped by Limbo's version of Shadow Cat and trained in hand-to-hand and sword combat. So Limbo is an alternate, like, plane, like another dimension where yeah. the same characters exist. It, it appears that way, yes. Interesting. Less liminal. Um, Ileana creates the Soul Sword and takes over Limbo as its new ruler. She returns to Earth after aging 10 years, though no time has passed on Earth since her initial kidnapping. A a mystical armor begins to appear on her body each time she uses the soul sword, first only on her arm, but growing with each use of the sword. It was after the, it was immediately after the the four issue series that um, she joined the New Mutants storyline um i really only scratched the surface on this character there's a lot she's changed a lot over the years uh, a lot of different uh personas i suppose and developments throughout the decades since but 
Moving on to Dr. Cecilia Reyes, a relative latecomer character. Uh, first appeared in X-Men number 65, June of 1997. Created by Scott Lobdell and Carlos Pacheco, a Puerto Rican medical doctor specializing in trauma surgery. She has the ability to project a force field around her body. She was briefly a member of the X-Men, but has no interest in superheroics, desiring only to live a normal life. Um, she would help out the X-Men from time to time, but her initial run with them was um, not really her choice. She she mostly helped out by going doing some grocery shopping here and there. <laughs> babysitting. Yeah. What, uh, babysitting thing. And she's not a villain. She's not an ant like a complex character morally in the comics, no. right? No, mm. not that I saw. Um, and doing the comic book research, I almost forgot Lockheed. Oh, yeah. Created by Chris Claremont and Paul Smith. First appeared in The Uncanny X-Men number 166, February of 1983. A cat-sized purple alien dragon and longtime companion of Kitty Pride. Yep. And then a member of Excalibur? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. I didn't uh, mind having Lockheed and no Kitty Pride. I just I was so happy to see Lockheed in this movie. I was looking up Mr. Sinister, the Essex Corporation, and I, there was a quick blurb I read about Kitty giving Ileana a stuffed Lockheed mm. or, or something well, like that. <clears throat> Should I don't I don't know about the the stuffed Lockheed um, or a yeah. From what I saw, there was a uh, like one of the when Ileana was still a, a child, um, not all grown up, um, Kitty Pride was telling her a, a story, a bedtime story, mm-hmm. um, and base she that she made up, um, basing it on characters from the X Men. It was sort of a fairy tale thing, uh-huh. and uh, told her about uh, part of the story was a dragon named Lockheed, which was. The name came from the uh, the Blackbird, the, that style of plane. Um, yeah, well, the, plane manufac- the plane Lock- manufacturer. Lockheed. Yeah, Lockheed Martin. Um, I didn't say anything about a, a stuffed animal, but I yeah, also... Yeah, the stuffed was my bet. Um, they had Lockheed mounted and stuffed. Huh. After some time <laughs> passing. No, uh, the stuff thing was a device for this movie, I, I believe, which I, I still think was well done. Same. Yeah, I, I think it was great. Uh, as I always wondered if they were going to do it in a live action movie, and yeah, this same. was fine. Yeah. Better um, than an I, alien unexplained. <laughs> yes. And again, the most alluded to villain in all of the X-Men movies that just we've never seen mr sinister right so so that that i al is that a wrap i'm sorry unless you want me to go over the uh demonic winnie the pooh please can we talk about the bear (laughs) um other than like the bear other than previously mentioned um i i don't have anything on the bear um uh the bear was not originally enough uh, a, a construct that she created. It was an external thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. It was an actual bear called Demon yeah. Bear. 
Well, it was an actual demon bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without an actual bear. It wasn't just a regular <laughs> bear that they called. <laughs> Let's get bear. our facts straight here, yeah. folks. Yeah. An uh, actual demon bear. Yes. <laughs> Not a made up <laughs> demon bear. Like This is your grandfather's demon bear. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Al, for that. Which, um, for the character comic book back down. That brings us to the production. So um a new mutants film was originally announced to be in development in 2009 um <laughs> that's it's one of those things some 20th century fox executive is like uh, th- that happens constantly they announce we're making this movie and then they don't <laughs> for like years and years and years that's nothing new they did nothing until 2015. Um, our director, Josh Boone, approached uh, Simon Kinberg, the producer of the X-Men series, um, and pitched his idea for uh, the New Mutants, his New Mutants film. Um, Josh Boone um, is probably best known for directing The Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> um, uh, okay. He also he also was the uh, showrunner, writer, director, executive producer for the recent Stand uh, series. Huh. Um, so uh, additionally, like, yeah, he did... None of his other movies are really well-known. He did something called Stuck in Love, All We Have had oh, he was just a writer on that yeah um so ho- horror and ya are things that i mean not that the stand is horror but yeah yeah it's in, it's in that realm for sure yeah um his yeah i mean the fault in our stars that translates to this yeah you know, that makes sense absolutely his pitch um was uh that they do it as a straight up r-rated horror film um, they bought it and they put a writer's room on writing. Um, so some of the, the technically the 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 written by credits go to only Josh Boone and Nate Lee. Nate Lee, uh, in addition to this, also has writing credit on Bad Grandpa, <laughs> Jackass Three, <laughs> and. <laughs> Something called Cardboard Boxer with uh, Terrence Howard. Um, I'm sorry. Those movies were written. (laughs) Right? Um, Okay. Yeah. But um, let's see. Our uncredited writers here. Um, Let's see. Scott Frank, who uh, was a writer on Logan and Out of Sight. Um, Chad and Carrie Hughes, uh, who wrote a bunch of The Conjuring stuff um care um carrie hayes is there was a partner he also did a bunch of conjuring stuff seth graham smith who wrote pride and prejudice and zombies and abraham lincoln vampire hunter um all of them have a of uncredited re, uh writing on this um so it was so they, it sounds like they were really trying to thread the needle with like the YA and horror thing with the people that they brought in in their room. Absolutely. Um, 
Now, what Josh Boone said he was looking for was something that was um, more that was a more horror centric version of the Breakfast Club. He said it was uh, Dream Warriors, which we did an episode yeah. on patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. He said it was a big influence on it. Um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, I read it had that. some influence. Um, yeah. Um, so The Shining. The Shining. Yeah. Well, Something yeah. Something I saw. Well, he said that he, some of his favorite horror films were the older ones, Rosemary's Baby, Exorcist, The Shining. Those were the ones that he really grew up on and enjoyed. And well, really yeah. psychological. Tonal. Yes. Yeah. Tonally. Tonal horror. Yeah. The, the note that I saw um, had um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and uh, Dream Warriors and The Shining because uh, they all take place in like one locale. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thematic thing. Also li- on that list was The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. You can really see these influences. Um, uh, they said they were shooting for something in the vein of Deadpool in that it would be an R-rated kind of standalone thing within the X universe. Not tonally like Deadpool, but um, right. conceptually related to the rest of the X universe in the same way. Stepping out of the standard box. Yes. And doing something that was entire that 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 was a film unto itself outside of whatever the X-Men were doing. Um but is it though? I mean well, I, we the see- last two X-Men movies were were pretty disappointing and I think they needed to get away from like characters in uniforms uh, matching, you know, I don't know. The one reason I ask is because we see footage from Logan in this movie, right? Which is bonkers to me. And that was one of the few things left in. So, um, I mean, uh, so okay, I mean, it, All right, I, it I, th- I think we kind of have a number of different <laughs> opinions on this movie, which is interesting because it's not our normal setup of differing opinions <laughs> usually. Um, but uh, I. I'm kind of a personally a sucker for um for uh supernatural uh teen melodrama. <laughs> I'm a big so buffy big buffy fan. Um love all the 80s like uh I love all of the nightmares movies like I I'm I'm yeah. a sucker for those. So this was kind well, of right even, up my alley. Even the non-horror, you know, the Goonies, the hey, a, a pack of kids on bikes. <laughs> you know, like we grew up with that that imagery of a small group of friends. Yeah. Fucking yeah. That, but it, that, it. but then, then yeah. also the teen melodrama side, like Buffy, yeah. uh, um, life is strange. Um, CW stuff. Yeah. They shot up Buffy in this. Oh yeah. Big time. So oh, yeah, I'm a sucker I'm right for all that. You. But if that's not up your alley, I can see how this movie <laughs> might be a little I, hard for you. I will say I like all of those things to some extent. They're not my favorite things necessarily. But I think that this movie suffers from being full of half measures. It does. It yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. But yes, yes. I absolutely agree. It's it. I think it's 75% of what, maybe 65% of what it probably was meant to be. Well, and I think that every that element sense. does not reach, none of the elements of this movie reach their full potential in any way that works for me. Right. Least. And so, okay. So show us on the puppet where this movie disappointed you. Oh, it's on the bear. <laughs> it's right on the bear. Right, on the bear. right here on the bear. Uh, right? 
Oh, that's awesome. So, all right. Um, as Okay, so for the development, it was pitched. They started doing a writing room. They started casting. Um, and then, uh, let's see, they started doing pre-production. That was all through 2016. They were writing um, and casting all through 2016. Um, in 2017, they uh, started pre-production for filming, um, scouting. Um, they shot at Midfield State Hospital, which is where they shot Shutter Island. Um, and, and they originally scheduled it for uh, release April 13th, 2018. Um, they began filming in July 2017. <laughs> Their working title was Growing Pains. Uh, <laughs> no, more facts of life, if you ask me. Right. Um, you take the good, you take them back. They, uh, they made it a point to make absolutely certain that uh, Moonstar was played by an actual Native American actress. So, well, that's, good for them. And the, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> like with the amount of whitewashing that's happened. To no, no, it, it, was, it was the phrasing of that, like the pain stick. Like, oh, yeah. It would have been really great if they hadn't used an evangelical parable uh, for her character's sure. defining. Yeah. Or oh, good and evil. What are they? I mean, that's yeah. all we got. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, really? we'll get there. We'll get there. So, um, they shot the film, um, over the course of a couple months there, um, in the middle of 2017. And then they, uh, started, um, they put together an initial cut, um, in the writing room, they took out a lot of the horror elements. They said they wanted it to be more young adult, less horror than uh, uh, Josh Boone originally was wanting to make. Um, and they did that because of the, uh, because of Fantforstick. They thought Fantforstick <laughs> failed because it was too many horror elements, which just goes to show you movie executives are dumb as fuck. Yeah, maybe that sort of ju- explains what Brian was saying about the half measures. Yeah, kind of so, thing. Like they probably he probably pulled the trigger on a few things that he wasn't able to then put in. Yeah. Um, so Thoreau, according to the original proposed uh, release date, it would have come out before Dark Phoenix. Yes. Okay. Oh, Originally, right. it would have. Um, but uh, so all right, they they cut it together. Um, they, they showed it to screenings. It did pretty well. Um, but, uh, they decided in January, 2018 to push it back to February, 2019. Um, this was to avoid Deadpool two, um, which was coming out close to that time in 2018. They probably should have released this next to it. Yeah. And just said, like, like Deadpool, this is different. Mm-hmm. Probably would have done much. I mean, it absolutely I mean, would have done hind- much better than August 2020. 2020. You know, yeah. COVID aside, I think it would have been a better idea to package this with Deadpool. Um, mm-hmm. In March 2018, in order to, uh, to um, make a space for Dark Phoenix in 2019, they pushed it back to August 2019. And then 
in June of 2018, it was announced that Disney was purchasing Fox Studios. <laughs> um, they were planning on doing reshoots throughout the summer of 2018. After the Fox acquisition was announced, all reshoots were canceled. Um, and Disney um, looked at the footage, said they weren't impressed, and said that they were going to make some changes. Um, so they did do a few <laughs> a few reshoots at the end of 2019. Um, they were going to release it uh, in April of 2020 then. So it basically got delayed. It got delayed. They kept pushing it back so that it didn't interfere with releases that they thought were going to be bigger movies. Dark Phoenix and Deadpool 2. Then the Disney acquisition pushed it back a further year because Disney basically had to come in and say, all right, we we're going to do this and this with it. And then... COVID happened and it got pushed back another six months. Um, so it wasn't so much that it was development hell or production hell or anything with the film itself. It was just a little movie that the executives didn't think was going to do enough business to bother too much with that kept getting pushed back to make space for bigger movies. And then the acquisition and then COVID. That's, that's what made it take five years to get this movie released. Yeah, that's that's rough. Uh, yeah. Um so originally in some of the original uh draft, let's see. Um it was going uh Professor X was going to be in it. Warlock was going to be in it. He McAvoy got, or Stewart, do we know? Um McAvoy. Um Wait, and this is in the the modern era. It was to be set in the 80s. Oh. After they wrote, after Dark Phoenix was, um, or no, I'm sorry, after Age of Apocalypse was met with tepid response, they said, change it to the modern era. But that was this already. Would been, this would have been great as an 80s or 90s movie. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it almost is. It basically is. He said they had to do the the tweaks they had to make to change it from the 80s to the modern era were like extremely small. He said they hardly changed anything. Buffy. They put in some Buffy, there's a shot with a cell phone, they updated the computer tech. Like there was really nothing plot-wise they had to change at all. Um yeah. Uh so yes, originally uh let's see. Um Yeah, uh Warp Warpath um, was supposed to be in it. Sunspot was, of course, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, is Warpath uh, a native character? I forget Warp who Warpath yes. is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he is, which is, that's not a great name for a native character, honestly. Um, yeah. But interesting that uh, they almost had two uh, yeah. native characters in the movie. Yeah. Warpath's um, code name before Warpath was Thunderbird. Hmm. That's a way cooler name. Yeah. Um, Storm was going to be in it for a little while. Um, and then um, during filming, um, as you guys know, this had no post-credit sequences. They shot two. 
and cut them out. Hmm. One included um, Mr. Sinister, played by John Hamm. Okay. Yeah, that that could have been cool. It was no makeup, Mr. Sinister, too, right? He was just a suit. Um, Yeah, that's my understanding, yeah. Um, And the other included Antonio Banderas as Emmanuel de Costa, uh, the father, uh, Sunspot's dad. Um, Damn. Yeah. That's two big-name dudes to just leave on the cutting room floor. Did they film those scenes? They filmed them and then cut them out. Wow. Um, wow. That's a shame. Oh, there is a version with bonus footage. I noticed. I couldn't rent it. Yeah. They only wanted me to buy it. Yeah, I exactly. If I watched all the deleted scenes on YouTube. Mm. Um, uh, mm. John Hamm apparently was also going to appear as uh, Mr. Sinister in the canceled Gambit movie. Hmm. He, that's great casting. Yeah, he looks yeah. just like Mr. Sinister. Yeah. I would love well, to see yeah, him with British royalty and with like long was... hair too. Would be real, real interesting. Plus the pasty white skin. Yeah, even without that, you know, even yeah, if they or didn't do it. that, but like, yeah, I would hope yeah. that they would though. The character has a fascinating story. That's like, as far as time goes, it's like Apocalypse. His age is sort of vague. It's cool. So, um. Yeah, so basically that's the story of the film. Um uh it was never he never got to make it as um R-rated or horror focused as he wanted to. Um it uh retained a fair amount of the YA elements he wanted to put in there. Um but it was all watered down by the studios, two different studios. <laughs> Each and, watered uh, it down. <laughs> Thoreau, uh, what about Warlock? Um, Warlock was written out. He was uh, he was originally in the original script, but then just written out. Um, he was slated to be uh, portrayed by Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. No. Yes. Um, wow. That's what he that's was. Three incredible actors. Yeah, man. They had a version of this movie that rules. And he was basically written out because the budget wouldn't allow to accurately depict warlocks and him, him. yeah visage and powers yeah yeah so yeah i mean that was the thing this was always a small movie and the executives treated it like it was not yeah. worth their time or it was a small like, movie with big dreams yeah. there are seven people in this movie mm-hmm. and adam beach is only in this movie for about 15 seconds yeah absolutely oh um they originally when he pitched it he pitched it as a trilogy um, and I've seen some people online saying that it feels like a pilot for, and um, this, that's, yeah, that feels be- like a television show. That's because pilot. it was written and filmed to be the first of three, three movies. Um, the second movie um, was supposed to uh, take place. Um, they were going to go to Brazil, um, meet Antonio Banderas. <laughs> do some stuff there. Um, and then the final movie was supposed to have them actually um, become involved with the X-Men. Probably fight Mr. Sinister too. Yeah. Find a way to all that together to have a sinister, Mr. Sinister villain. God, that'd have been so cool. Yeah. So that's, that's about where that's, that's 
that basically covers it for the production background. Um, um, all that said, I know that's uh, not the opinion everyone holds on here, but I, I, I basically dug the movie. Same here. That's what I remembered, and this was the second time I watched it, and yeah, feel the same way. Was, especially after Apocalypse, I bear. I, I I liked it and way Phoenix. better than Apocalypse or Phoenix. I I liked it better than at least four of the X Men movies. Oh, I don't disagree with that at all. Definitely not. Um, it it definitely has its faults. It's it's not a home run, but it's it's a solid double. I don't know. It sounds like there is a version of this movie. It's so frustrating when that happens. You know, we hear it's one that. thing if they just don't shoot the good shit, but if they shoot it and then it's just shelved, it's so frustrating. Well, that's the fr- frustrating. This is kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. This is an unknown team that they just floated a movie with. This could have been incredible because it, the potential is limitless. If they had put the full backing of the studio behind it to make the vision and to like make it what they were wanting to make i think it could have would have been far more successful yeah um which it's we hear that time and again like studio executives not understanding what it is they have and not understanding what makes it successful or not those meddling execs man yeah well they've it's an industry that's never been able to separate the creatives from the bean counters oh yeah we're seeing that warner brothers both have the same place at the table yeah, right that right now no in art. Warner Brothers was basically um taken over by just the bean counters and they wow. That's that situation. Yeah, the most intense bean counter, Mickey Mouse, uh, <laughs> that iron glove. This this movie does not have 20th Century Fox as its production whatever no. slate thing. It's 20th Century Studios. Right, because that's what Disney changed it to. So weird. Yeah. Yeah. No Fox. Only 20th century. Which Okay. Um, It has 30. Which it's 2022. Yeah. It's been the 21st century. Yeah. We've been in the. Yeah. For a while now. We've been in the 21st. Um, This movie has 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I have a few uh, letterboxed reviews. Um, Rhea just writes gay five stars yeah I love it <laughs> um, yeah. that was a positive review uh, chokeary 71 writes superb and gay five stars oh keep them coming dude this is making yeah. my morning just give us more fabulous adjectives <laughs> So there, almost every single um, review, both positive and negative, was just about the uh, gay relationship at the center of the film, which we didn't even mention yet. But um, that was also huge. We had we had a diverse cast. We had the central romance being an LGBTQ romance. Like, yeah, this- that's brave considering how much the Chinese markets control content yeah, there are more there are more women than men in this movie yes that, mm-hmm. that speak there's a mindful of dudes we'll get to but yeah we got binders full of women and minds full of men 
fucking diverse as fuck up in this back, mental hospital. Back to where you belong, the coal mines. <laughs> yeah. Fucking coal mines. Natek writes, don't waste your time on this movie. Do not. It doesn't even relate to the X-Men universe, even though they try to connect it to Logan in the stupidest way. And this movie is easily the worst woke bullshit in the franchise. Don't watch it. Trust me. I'm, I'm just disappointed they didn't slip the word gay in there. Because I would have been like, yeah, gay. <laughs> no, previously, gay has been used in positive review. The first two, those were five-star reviews. Right. Um, ZN13 writes... Oh, Christian 13, X-I-A-N. Christian 13 writes, great movie if you can get past the beginning, middle, and end of it. The film, <laughs> Sorry. The, the film New hero. fell about a thousand yards from entertaining me in the slightest. Wasted an hour and a half of my life on this steaming pile of woke. It's like canon has become completely irrelevant in all of these superhero movies. Half a star. So, so, you know, the entire concept of woke on both sides is confusing. Nobody's ever been able to articulate it. But it's like, what about an X-Men? I, I just don't understand where these characters in this universe need to stay in some sort of conservative. Yeah. Right. We, I, I don't well, know. And comic like, books woke. have been comic books have been pretty gay for a long time. There's like, not much gayer than dudes in spandex right. <laughs> putting hands on each other. Well, and a, a, a superhero group formed as a reaction to the civil rights struggle. And, the, you know, like it, it was woke from the moment Stanley woke up and yeah. thought of the fucking idea. Like, I mean, nobody Cap- came around. They're like, let's have different races and sexualities be mutants. Like, oh, yeah, let's since 1964 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The woke bullshit. The X-Men movies are nothing but, uh, but, but metaphors for like being gay or like being different. Being being victim, being victimized or, or supplicated by society. Yeah. Just being under the heel. Iceman's whole conversation with his family. Oh my God. Can't you change? <laughs> Can't you just be not a mutant? <laughs> like, right. So who, who was watching? What, what idiot was watching these other movies and reading these other books and seeing a clear 1950s conservative patriotic well, agenda? These are the, and then suddenly. These are the same people that thought that thought the Colbert rapport was like straightforward. Real. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Also, Deadpool's gay as fuck. And oh people probably these same people probably loved that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Speaking of woke, I, I read a hilarious joke yesterday. Did you did you guys hear the new queen is gonna be a dude? I mean, this woke <laughs> shit is getting too fucking out of control. Hey, long live Queen Charles. <laughs> yeah, I heard <laughs> I heard uh, JK Rowling was very upset. Very, very upset. <laughs> queen. <laughs> Uh, oh. Great reviews. Those were good reviews. So, all right. Yeah, that brings us to the film itself. Guys, you ready to do this? Mm-hmm. Cannonball coming. <laughs> Cannonball coming. <laughs> Here we go. This is The New Mutants. We open with a voiceover because I'm pretty sure that's contractually obliged in X-Men movies. <laughs> yeah, they are the pearls of the X-Men universe. 
My God. I'm surprised we didn't get a CGI three-dimensional. No, just spinning through the hospital and just like touring the hospital. Oh, God. I was picturing like the DNA strands. Yeah. Brian Singer made us watch But I I imagine them going through the air ducts and then through the hallways (laughs) and then like out of toilet, you know, whatever. (laughs) And out of a shower or into the toilet and out the shower. Yeah. That's that's what I would have done for an opening title sequence for this movie. Plumbers are like, that's not how you connect a U-joint double bill. <laughs> Definitely uh, don't flush while someone's showering in this place. No. Um, yeah, so it explains the two bears Native American proverb thing. And I'm going to stop us right here. So everybody's aware of this, right, as an internet meme and trope. Inside every person, there are two wolves. You know, one is mean and one is not mean. Which one wins? The one you feed. Yeah. Right? Yes. I've this, they take it and they, they twist it to the bear thing. Cool, right? That's the so bears. cool. The bears. We are meant to take this as a Native American parable. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a popular legend of unknown origin, sometimes attributed to Cherokee or Lenape people. The first documented origin of this story is from a reverend there's another one from a baptist pastor like a presbyterian well about two dogs and they are attributing it to a vague legend so this is totally a white christian story that is made up to sound native american and these motherfuckers took the bait. Well, and it's literally it their... the yin yang, though. Yeah. I mean, well, I see I mean, what you're saying, but it's just are, are you talking about the mo- motif, the icons that they were bears. Well, because, and, I mean, not, Eastern, not even... Eastern philosophy has that. All over not it. even that they're bears. The idea that they did not take an existing like thing that's attributable oh. to her not, culture, <laughs> like, the like the represent the crow the represent... movies, like they did. Yeah, the representation is just so thin it sucks so bad that this is like a pinterest inspirational poster yeah it's sloppy that they hung the entire movie's plot on sure i they mean book yeah. the movie with they say it twice well i mean well, but is the plot based on that she she's just i mean the climax of the movie there is a bear in it which also we'll get to when we get there because no, but i'm talking about what you're talking about two bears inside us the metaphor yeah, the, the one that you the one that's mean and the one that's good and she ends up choosing the one that's good to save the day i guess yeah no i mean yeah uh, yes yeah, I, I get it no good it, and evil yeah but you know? I, yeah well and good and evil's fine and there's all kinds of interesting parables about this kind of thing but this is totally one that's based in like white christian take appropriating the idea of like native parables about wildlife and applying it to a sermon and then this movie comes along 50 years later like the first written attribution is like 62 that's that's where my beef is with this like why is this the thing damn yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't seem. I mean, I don't know. There, there are literal um, story. Well, okay, there are constellations named after the bears, the, the oh. seven sisters uh, that are in the sky. Ursa major, place. Ursa minor. Yeah, yeah, but no, that, no. But but the story about the two animals living, the, the the parable that there's two le- living inside a person, and which one you feed is comes yeah, from a it. Christian. Like, yes, what that's and and just the whole idea, like, not to unpack all of this through like you know, colonization and decolonizing identity in 
media, but like that's it just sucks to have like a Christian idea coming out of a native character's mouth. Like, damn, I Googled that and it took me like 15 seconds to figure that out. It's a shame that the writer's room of all these brilliant people didn't go like, eh, maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah, but I mean, they're also... I think I'm just not following, perhaps. There, there's also a bunch of lazy... I, I don't know how lazy, but, uh, you know, a bunch of white dudes making a superhero movie. Honestly, we're lucky that they even cast a native oh. actress considering what happened in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yes, we'll we'll take what we can get, but yeah, it's just after watching like Prey. I think she also movie, says my father told me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and and it's Adam Beach who is like the one of the great native yeah, actors. Yeah, but you see that that is different than you know, well, but, does it say legend? I'll have to look. Like does it do like the crow well, movie bullshit? I mean, I think she says her dad. I well Oops. her father tells but that's the idea is that her father is passing down this ancient terrible from his culture and the very the very first line is there's an old native american proverb that says blankety blank gotcha yeah and i was like blankety blank that's a pretty shitty proverb sorry it just came up with that inside every person is a good winnie the pooh and an evil winnie the pooh yeah um so we're gonna get that movie yeah evil poo oh um so all right we cut to a young girl it's I, that sounds like a crohn's movie oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so we cut to danny um she's waking up uh her and her dad are fleeing their uh trailer and where they live on the reservation is something apocalyptic's happening all around uh her dad hides her, it's snowing um there's wind things are flying everywhere explosions her dad hides her in the woods goes back to help the others in their community uh, he dies, she runs and falls down, knocked unconscious as a growling, unseen thing comes after her. This this made me think of you, Josh, with the uh, boardroom and uh, what's the other trope? Uh, balls? Oh. Like uh, a ball? Oh, like, yeah. Uh, galas. Galas and boardrooms. Oh, yes, the, yeah. <laughs> the falling down a hill and bonking your head at the bottom is almost as prominent as those two. Oh tropes. God. Yeah. And not just, yeah. not just in superhero movies, any movie where someone's running from something in the woods, they're going to fall down. <laughs> any teen coming of age story. I feel like that is not on flat ground. Has this happen in it? Well, yes. In so many horror movies, the real villain is gravity and we don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> if I could have just kept running, I just, would have been great. I immediately thought, as you wish. <laughs> Rolling down. Uh, let's see. She wakes up, handcuffed to a hospital bed. She meets Dr. Same. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I had a dime. Um, uh, she meets Dr. Reyes, who tells her that she's a mutant. Everyone in her community is dead except her from the tornado. And she has to stay there in the hospital until she can learn about her powers and learn to control them. They, she doesn't know what her powers are. Um, the next day, the timeline in this movie is so like, we cut so much stuff out because like she wakes up, they have a conversation, then she goes to bed. <laughs> um, the next day, she's introduced to her fellow residents, Ileana, Rain, Sam, and Bobby. Bobby. Rain describes for the group 
her first time experiencing her mutant powers because this is apparently the first time anyone's asked how they got their mutant powers the whole time they've been in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of first time conversations. Yeah. The performative. We all have to meet each other again for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just loved how long they did the, the YA linger on Maisie Williams and then linger on our main character. Oh God. Yeah. They were broadcasting from the get go. Like it's like, yeah. I don't want to wait yeah, for right. a night to be over. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh I wish I just wish they had done that with every character so we would have had the romantic tension in the room with, with all five of them. All five of them. it's a five it's a five pull. I don't it's an orgy at that point. Yeah. I don't know. Uh it's yeah. Um so Rain describes for the group her first time experience her, her mutant powers. She uh told the priest and it didn't go well. He burned a W into her. Is she Irish or Scottish? The accent was a I, little shaky. She's I think Irish. she can't decide. Okay. <laughs> which I is, which I, is I, I did think Irish most of the time, but there were times where I was like, what is this voice though? What is it? Right. And she comes from the, those islands. So I thought she would have been a little better, but anyways, still not as it was bad. Definitely not a Scottish accent. Okay. Um, it was just shaky. <laughs> It was shaky enough that I was questioning a few times, like, is that Irish? I think she's just speaking very softly. Very, very soft-spoken. Yeah. She still did better than her, sis- than her, than her sister's. a little bit of a ghoul. Yeah. She still did better than her sister Sansa did with an American <laughs> in Dark <laughs> yeah. Phoenix. Yeah, that's right. We got both of them. In, yeah. Uh, got both the Stark Stark girls yeah. in the X there universe. Was Star- there was a stark difference between their <laughs> accents for sure. Oh, we didn't even talk about the casting. I skipped the casting. Um, Is that okay? It's okay, right? It's okay. But yeah, Maisie Williams <laughs> plays Rain. Anya Taylor-Joy, <laughs> a.k.a. Sid the Sloth, plays Ileana. Um, Charlie Heaton plays Cannonball, best known, of course, as uh, from from Stranger Things. Blue Jonathan. Hunt, yeah, Jonathan from Stranger Things. Blue Hunt. Um, the other thing she's uh, is uh, Moon's Danny. She is also in the originals and Another Life, which are both sci-fi teen dramas. <laughs> well, Another I was Life. Say something interesting about the billing at the very end of this movie. She was like sixth build. Yeah. That oh, was really frustrating to me. That was 100% like actors, agents. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Henry Zaga played um, Bobby. Um, oh, the, uh, let's see. Uh, it was um, Chris Claremont said that he was very disappointed in Bobby's casting because he, um, he was written as a mixed um, race Brazilian, so a dark-skinned Brazilian. Um, yeah. Henry Zaga is an actual Brazilian, but um, he's very light-skinned. Um, Adam Beach. I mean, it's it's essentially like a cast thing, too. Yeah, which yeah. is a really bummer. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, you know what? A cast with an E at the end. Yes, and of course, Alice Braga played um, Cecilia Reyes. Um, she's also Brazilian. City of God. Um, 
lower city only god knows she's only in movies that have city or god in the title of god or city she's a city planner for god yeah so anyway yeah that's our cast it's small so luckily that didn't take long so um oh and adam beach and adam beach as the dad for 15 fabulous seconds yeah arguably the most famous person in this movie sadly yeah strangely since yeah when this was made anya taylor joy was unknown basically she was from Split at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, That's it sounds like for did. sorry. It sounds like for half a minute there was a star studded cast. I'm sure once a lot of those other names, John Hamm, Sasha Barranco, and Antonio James Mack, they cut those names off and they're like, hmm, who really does come first now? <laughs> yeah. I I wanna now that we you mentioned this the star studded cast and the half have we commented on the fact that this hospital is employing only one person? Right. That there are no extras in this movie except for in the mind. Yeah. There this is an extremely small cast. And the the smiley men. Though I don't know oh, if those yeah. even existed. They I think they may have been pure CGI. Um probably, but they were uh they were mocap. Mm. Uh there was a, a mocap actor and voiced by Marilyn Manson. Oh, no. that's right. Because Marilyn Manson, um, there's a uh, um, over the credits. There's um, uh, "Cry Little Sister," uh, Marilyn Manson's version of "Cry Little Sister" from uh, the Lost Boys. Yeah. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. How did? Wow. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, Doctor Reyes makes Ileana show Danny around. Takes her outside, spray paints some graffiti because she's the bad girl. Then she, uh, Ileana, tricks Danny into trying to run away. Danny runs. She's followed by a wolf, and she smacks into an invisible force field. Ileana laughs and tells her they're prisoners there. Danny tries to attack her, and Ileana teleports away. She essentially has teleport powers. We find later she goes to uh, Limbo. But and then back out. But she does ostensibly have teleport powers. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make a point of that. Um. So, like, she can't teleport past the force field kind of thing. I'm willing to accept that. Like, maybe the maybe the force field like disrupts her powers. Like, I can accept that. It's magic, countering magic, whatever. She can't teleport outside of a room, though, later on. Yeah. I have a lot of questions about the teleportation. Yeah, that's a good point. Powers. Yeah. They put her in solitary confinement. But... Yeah, but she, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I suppose that's something they're building to subtextually is that they, they're prisoners in so much as they allow themselves to be prisoners. I, I mean, when ultimately. They flip that switch in their... I don't know if I'm giving it that much credit even. Yeah. Um, ultimately, that's true. Like, once they decide to turn on Dr. Rhea, she had no chance in hell. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it's the same as Attica. I mean, they have mutant abilities. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just like a sit-in in the cafeteria. But, right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Danny goes to the top of the clock tower. She breaks the clock, which is, you know, that's not nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, thank goodness, because that's how she gets back to the future. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> she's gonna Fucking jump. Clock tower. Yeah, she's gonna jump to her death, but Rain shows up and talks her down. Um, they see Sam in the yard. He's blasting around. He's also from Kentucky, and oh, does his accent? Boy, <laughs> is he! Uh, he's uh, tether training. Yeah, his this scene sets up something that does not happen, which is him. He can fly. Yeah. No, he never. He, he can fly. <laughs> I <laughs> can sing. Um, this this man can fly. Yes, he can fly. But later on, he doesn't. He just blasts himself around. He halls. just walks fast the rest of this movie. Yeah. He has cooler powers than Quicksilver in the sense of the fact that like he doesn't need to step on stuff. I think it's a part of that metaphor for the you know puberty and teenagers and changing. You don't you don't realize you have power and agency until you one day do. He's feeding the wrong bear. Yeah. I mean, you know, like bad metaphor bad bear metaphors aside i i feel like this movie handled the the teen metaphor of the x powers as well as or better than any other previous x movie except for maybe yeah. rogue yeah i mean rogue yeah i mean let's be fair none of these are subtle in their teen metaphors they've never no, been subtle no, right but sam flies at the end to oh yeah, when he's point. fighting the bear, he flies around a bit, kind of. Yes. But like they, inside a they room, eventually start to take. They're like inside control. a room, though. They're in the church, and he's fly. Like that's the thing. He's just jumping. Like I want <laughs> I him. To, he can fly. He's tied to a rock. They're inside a dome. I would have loved a Homer Simpson spin around the up the, the dome to fight the bear or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just no, saying I mean, he spins around in circles going so fast and we don't see any like satisfying conclusion to that setup. They did. In they, my mind. They, they, but how much of how much of childhood is not doing certain things because you don't think you're allowed to do them? That's fair. That just like is a is a subconscious thing and it can, you know not things that you've expressly told not to do, but just other gray areas where it's just like should I walk out of the room? They told me I can't leave till three. I don't want to get into trouble. I guess I'll sit here. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, they, they all have to come to this point where they're like, I'm not going to be trapped anymore. And I'm not going to let this broad with a syringe tell me what to do. Yeah. It's the teen movie. Kind of so, all right. They go to the cafeteria. Rain tells, gives, uh, Gives Danny the whole tour, tells her about Roberto. He's a rich kid from Brazil. They don't know what his powers are. Later, Danny and Rain say goodnight to each other with lingering camera movements. <laughs> Taught lingering camera movements. AKA woke bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're muted, Brian. Um, anyways, just saying soft strings in the background. Yeah, exactly. And people weren't upset that it was the same sex couple. It's that it was a wolf and a bear. <laughs> oh, God. It's so much worse than I thought. <laughs> Everyone knows wolves and bears can't be friends. Yeah. What's next? Two men getting married? <laughs> First wolves and bears. Then dogs and cats are going to be getting along. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
We see that night that Dr. Reyes watches them all the time on a security system with a computer that analyzes their every move, or maybe she's getting messages from outside on the computer. It's kind of unclear. A little bit of yeah, both. Yeah. I think Mr. Sinister's actually watching everything. That makes sense, considering they actually shot the scene. That's probably what was happening. But, I got yeah. I got big uh, mother vibes from the computer station mm. where she's constantly having to report back and like it just felt kind of like Alienware. Yeah. Yeah, I could see the, that. The computer is making her make bad decisions. Don't blame me. <laughs> blame the computer. Um, that night, Danny dreams of her father's death. Sam in the laundry room has a nightmare vision of his dad in the coal mines. <laughs> Merman, Dad. I can't help but zoom into it every time. <laughs> Everybody's working for the weekend. And the dad had that same disappointed look on his face. Yeah, he, he didn't did. look like, oh, I'm working with my kid. He was like, why are you in this mine? <laughs> yeah. Why is anyone in a mine? We get what we deserve. Coal mining is ridiculous. <laughs> well, fuck us and fuck this. His his glasses were broken and um, he's got some blood on his face and he says, "Why did you, why did you do that or something like that, or what did you do?" Oh, blue seal. So, so he says something accusatory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I mean, obviously, not not, not not to ruin the reveal later, but it's very subtly implied that Sam, through his powers, may have done something destructive to his father. <laughs> and the other miners. Yes. Tale as old as time. Of course they're miners. They look like they're about 10. <laughs> miners, uh, not miners. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I would also point out again that this is another British dude doing a terrible American accent. This time a Kentucky. Doing a southern accent. Yeah, huh? Well, a terrible southern accent. Eastern Kentucky. The entire time he, he's not as far off. But it yeah, is he's not. Bad. But but after his first um, after his first line with that accent, the entire time watching it, me and you were just like, "Well, wait one cotton pick a minute." Well, I swear, I swear, yeah. boy, I swear. Yeah, he sounds like Cletus, like <laughs> or he's uh, about the Foghorn right. Leghorn. It doesn't have that southern drawl. No, it doesn't necessarily have, but it has the whole the whole. Well, wait one cotton type. pick and frickin' frackin' minute. <laughs> yes, exactly. The Hatfield McCoy coal mining Appalachian. Yep. Uh, Cletus, the yeah. slack-jawed yogel. Uh, the next day, there's some major flirting between Danny and Rain in the communal showers. Why? Uh, Why are these children showering together? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's the least of their problems. Yeah, yeah it's just that because there's only one adult, I guess. Yeah. It's a hospital because it's a psych hospital. So uh, this, uh, we'll get back to this, but at some point we get our breakfast club moment. Um, these children were showering together. Right. They've been like getting to know each other this whole time. Yeah. Why did that have to happen? We'll get there, but like. Well, and they, they, they I don't know. Why do we have to do it in gym? <laughs> it's always seemed cruel and pointless. Numerous times. That, yeah. de- that dehumanizing element that's important to breaking the spirit. Yeah, actually, that's a young person. That's fair. As a teenager, I did have to shower with a bunch of other dudes a number of times, day after day. Um, it's, it's part of the experience, I guess. But, um, I guess. Yeah, no, later on they do that again, the getting to know each other, even though uh, 
except for Danny, they've all been here together for quite a while, it seems. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, and it's that situation where, like, she's explaining, uh, Rain's explaining Sam uh, out on the basketball court when he's tethered with and then it cuts, and they're in the cafeteria, Sam is there eating, same conversation, like, it's, it's yeah. not, like, repeated again. Like it's continuing. They've had the conversation too when they went inside. They got their trays of food. You know, guys. She stopped. She stopped talking immediately after they. Yeah, she's like, "Yo, yo, let's put a pin in this for a minute." Right. We have to wait while the camera crew sets up. I know how movies work. Sometimes it's just so. Guys, are movies just dumb? (laughs) Like as a concept, (laughs) for the most part, some of them are dumber than others. Most of what people make, is yeah, dumb. most things people do are dumb. I think <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> like, go like down to for me, a while. This this is the half measure thing, and part of this comes from it, this movie being filmed over 40 years of time. Um, is the fact that like an edit could have fixed that conversational? No, no, no. no, no. Don't forget, don't forget, they never did any of the planned reshoots. This is well, they did some reshoots at the very like Disney. Disney paid did, for a Disney few. paid for a small number of reshoots, but it was something like an eighth of the number of things they were going to reshoot when Fox was originally doing it. Which they have the budget. I mean, ultimately, this movie lost money, but yeah. It absolutely did. Um, so, all right. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. She sees the W for which branded on Maisie Williams' shoulder. <laughs> She's like, that's some extreme body modification, bro. <laughs> like, like she thought she did it to herself. <laughs> like she's Ed Hardy. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, so the next day, Dr. Reyes spends some time meditating with the kids. Dr. Reyes, Dr. Reyes. <laughs> Dr. Reyes, Dr. Reyes. And the entire time she's going, she's just saying, control, control. And when she's not saying that, she's reminding you what trauma can do. Trauma <laughs> can make you forget things. Trauma can make you do things. Trauma can make you afraid of things. The way she was saying You're traumatizing control, me. That made me so anxious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like this isn't helping me meditate at all. Why do you keep saying that? It's so weird like that right. too. It's like someone who continuously tells you to stop talking. Right. Stop talking. <laughs> or just calm just down. Calm quiet. down. Just, just stop, calm down. Calm, yeah. Yeah. It's the calm down over and over. I'm again. already calm. You're not. You're not. Just calm down. Chill Why won't you calm down? <laughs> yeah, frantically yelling to calm down. Why won't you calm down? Yeah. yeah, so later in the rec room, uh Rain is watching some Buffy. Um it, uh, let's see, first I think it was Tabula Tabula Raza and uh then then Hush were the two episodes they showed. You I've fucking I, nerds. I may have watched Well Hush had the those the creepy guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah spooky, which yeah. which was yeah, yeah. That that was foreshadowing the uh, smiley spook- face man. So when she was watching Hush, it had the the creepy guys that were foreshadowing the smiley face man. That was Ileana watching that. This point, it's um, I think it's Tabula Raza that um, she's watching where uh, Tara and Willow are kissing, foreshadowing the lesbian relationship that Maisie Williams is going to have. <laughs> foreshadowing. This is what they use their their media like reference for. That's yeah. just really funny that both of those things were references to. That yeah. There were foreshadowing events that happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So anyways, uh, let's see. Ileana picks a fight with Danny. She calls her some racist names. Uh, oh, yeah. She calls her Pocahontas when they first meet. We didn't even fucking mention that. She calls her Standing Rock. Um, yeah. Which is At least she didn't call her Wounded Knee. I mean. that's Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, that's kind of a timely racist thing to say, too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Weird. Um, it's not as dated as Pocahontas. Yeah. Look, I was I, I was watching uh, some of the new Pinocchio last night with Tom Hanks. Oh God! And as a proud Italian American, I just want to say that there is still open season on us. Whether you are a video game plumber or a toy maker, you can make anyone sound like this. And oh, nobody wonders and nobody worry. If you're from Europe, it's still fair game. Yeah. Russians. Oh, Europe. Oh, okay. yeah. wait. No, I'm talking but about I, the Italians. But I mean, Scots <laughs> and Irish people similarly. It, it, yeah. It's anyone who's an honorary white, anyone who's considered a white person, you, we feel free to make fun of for some, like without any sort of anything. Yeah, it's true. Growing up, just never, I never understood why Pollock jokes were. Right. <laughs> like, why would, why? Are we picking on him so hard? What did the Polish even do? Like, what? I don't know where that even came from. Yeah. Well, supposedly it came from like uh, World War One, I, I believe. They'd never seen tanks before. The Germans, you know, and they every time there's a world war, it starts with Poland being invaded. It starts with Germany fucking up Poland. Yes, yes, I know. So I think any 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 racist who controls jokes, the jokes. I, I don't think Germans are allowed to come up with racist jokes anymore, guys. I don't think so, but boy, do they. Um, All right. So um, they they start to physically fight. Ileana pulls out her magic arm sword, uh, gets broken up by Dr. Reyes. Is Uh, that because she's related to Colossus, the metal arm? Yeah, that's Colossus's sister. So I maybe? I I don't think it was um, because uh, her... Her mutant power was the teleportation, and then she learned the magic when she was in limbo. I don't know if they were trying to say that the armor was related to Colossus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't uh, but so. um, after she created in the comics, after she created the Soul Sword, it was the Soul Sword that was creating the armor mm-hmm. that progressively grew larger on her body. Eventually, it would like. You know, you you really need to see a doctor about that if it's getting progressively bigger on your body. If your soul stored starts to before you you go full Optimus Prime, yeah. see a doctor. If your dick remains a robot for more than four hours, hey, you got something special going on then. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's broken up by Dr. Reyes, who we discover is a mutant as well and controls the force fields. It's kind of like a like a Sue Storm, I can make bubbles. Yeah. Minus the invisibility thing. Yeah. She can project them, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah so she can do the things. We've got the human torch here. Um, <laughs> so, like, yeah, we've got half of the Fantastic Four. Um uh, let's well, there, are, yeah. There's a, there's a handful of powers, and Stan Lee and others just spent decades of modifying them all. <laughs> You're like, what if like, they... like Alice saying, "How many fire? How many fire people?" Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, or, and that's fine. That's a useful power in almost any situation. I love the ones that are, you know, like 
just the technophiles or just the what like did, I can control speaking spell. Yeah, what what did a what did a what did a techno guy do like if he was born in like the, the 1600s? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, churning butter without even standing up. Like the motherfucker. I can control a pulley. <laughs> yeah. oh, what, my lord? <laughs> I will mill. I'll mill all of your grain, and you won't even fucking believe it. <laughs> um. So yeah, Danny and Ileana both get put in solitary confinement. Ileana has a dream about faceless men with smiley face masks coming to get her. Uh, as she sees herself as a little girl. Danny she was um. She was obviously a sex trafficking yeah. victim. Yeah. So this, the faceless men. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the faceless dudes are all dressed like, like, like Slavs going to a disco. <laughs> I was thinking Japanese <laughs> businessmen are suit. wearing like suits. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, yeah. suits. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so Danny wakes up and it's snowing blood in her cell. She sees the face of a giant bear. Dr. Reyes finds her covered in blood. The computer tells her, <laughs> Dr. Reyes to take blood samples from Danny to try and figure out what her powers are. That scene had the uh, the faces coming out of the wall that we saw in the trailer cut out of it. Yes. Um, which is really disappointing to me because that shit scared the hell out of me in, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. It was a direct, it was a direct homage to Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, they said they filmed it the same way as Wes Craven did by having um, sheets that they simply had people press up against. Yeah, just latex that you paint, basically. Yeah, or that's colored. Yeah, yeah. It was really disappointing to drop one of the most like scary images from this movie completely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, well, yeah, he was told to tone down the horror. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, again, Brian, you were right. Like he probably, he probably fired the gun, but they had to cut it. Yep. Um, Rain goes to the chapel. She can. Confesses to herself, um, yeah, and gives herself her own penance. I know that's convenient. That, that would cute. take a lot of time. Yeah, what the hell is this hospital, and why is there a functioning church that's like still maintained, and there's only the one lady? No, every hospital has a chaplain. But I mean, like you would think the chaplain would show up and you know light a candle every once in a while and sweep the right. floor. Well, ostensibly, Reyes is the only one there. But yeah, I'm with you. This hospital is very old and out of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lack of a better term. We don't don't quite know where it is. They could have told us it was a mind prison at the end, and I would have believed them. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, because it was so empty. There, no one delivered food. Um, No one. Uh, The Brazilian kid cooks and. Uh, does all of the dishes, by the way. Yes, exactly. Oh, but a good point. Yeah. When does the Cisco truck come with <laughs> yeah. all of the food for the, yeah, yeah. good point. Um, yeah, it's it's very empty. <laughs> empty to the point which, that well, I really it's, thought. It's out of space and time. We're which not I, sure where it is. I yeah. wish they had done something with Yeah. to make us think like, oh, is this really happening? Or is that part of her powers? Something, something. That's why this place is so empty. Yeah, but yeah, I I I I I also was with you on that, Brian. I was wondering if it was going to end up being a mind prison, but um, Shutter yeah. Island, basically, right? Yeah. So or the Shining, as, as yeah. we were talking about before. Yeah. 
Um, so, all right. Uh, yeah, so she hears something coming into the church. She hears the voice of the priest that abused her, yelling at her about being a witch. She flees the church. Um, that night, after Reyes goes to sleep, or the kids think she goes to sleep, they all head up to the attic where they don't want you to forget about me. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, they pl- Smoke, smoking cigarettes and, I don't know. Playing truth or truth. Drinking soda pop. Yeah, <laughs> playing tr- truth or truth. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. They get to know each other. They talk about their pasts again, seemingly for the first time. Um, this is the lie detector scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> they have a literal lie detector. Yes. <laughs> uh, Danny tells them about her bear necklace. She repeats the proverb we heard at the beginning of the movie in case we missed it. So it, it happens three times? Did I miss that one? <laughs> I'm um, even more mad about it. Yeah. It happens multiple times. Um, At this point, she only mentions one bear, not two. That's right. She said there's a bear inside you and... That feeds on fear. Yeah. But think of how many times, hundreds of times we've heard there's a darkness inside you and it feeds off of fear. Oh, yeah. It's... it's <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um so, all right. Uh, then Ileana tells them she killed 18 men who abused her as a child. Uh, the next night, Ileana... So, like, they do that. Then they have a... It cuts to a training section the next day. Then it cuts to the next night where Ileana spiked Reyes's tea. So she passes uh, real, out. Real quick, when she's strapped into the lie detector, she says she killed 18 men with her sword and Lockheed. Yes. Which at this point Which, we just think is a puppet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And proclaims herself the most powerful mutant there. Yeah. I mean, she might be. I think arguably, yeah. She yeah. can teleport to another dimension. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. Uh the next night Ileana spikes Reyes's tea, so she passes out. And the kids do what kids do, which is have an impromptu dance party in the halls. This hospital that is with, what kids do? with a staff of one had the drugs uh, not under lock and key, I guess, or did she come with the roofies? I, maybe those, I would imagine those she, tambourines should have been locked up too. Yeah. They party with tambourines. <laughs> <All tambourine should. laughs> I can't tell you. Be treated like handguns. I can't tell Seriously. you how many, I can't tell you how many keggers I've been to where everyone's just going crazy with the tambourine. Just tambourine fights. <laughs> Everybody turns their car headlights on and there's a tambourine fight. Uh, I forgot about the tambourine. What a weird instrument to just have in this movie. <laughs> no, but it's a mental hospital, possibly for the criminally insane. They're, those are therapeutic tambourines. <laughs> yes. You can picture a bunch of individuals in a circle. Serve it. Right. Serve it. Serve it. Prescription only. That's why they need to be locked up. <laughs> but the thing with the tambourine is a tambourine is a relatively dangerous instrument in the hands of someone who wants to use it for violence. It is. You can it has, you could jangle someone's sharp edges. You can jangle someone to death. You could literally smash it into somebody and really hurt them. It was With a one weird hand instrument. waving free. You Pres- could kill some prescription tambourines. Stomping with your other foot. 
make them a song. They're they're service tambourines. You need to put a vest on them if you're going to take them to the supermarket. (laughs) Or did did Sunspot bring that with him? Is that like one of his? Is that like a samba tambourine? So, all right. I'm not supposed to get my tambourine wet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Danny and Rain sneak outside through the vents um, and watch the force field <laughs> twinkle in the night. They die t- hard. We have a die hard reference. Yes. I, yeah, I, I have to say, I at Alien. least at least these vents were yeah. dusty. At least they put a sheen of dust in the inside of these vents. <laughs> well, and and the vent thing paid off. Mm-hmm. They didn't just use the vents to get somewhere. The vent thing did something in the story yeah. later on. Yes. <laughs> um, they, they found Chang. Living in there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, uh, they kiss. They talk. Bobby finds Ileana swimming in the pool. He joins her and they make out. But then it, she turns into a, the burning corpse of his ex-girlfriend. Again. So I have a question about this manifestation of the power. So it's your worst nightmare, mm-hmm. right? Your greatest fear. Yeah. But this one shows up as uh, Ileana. I, well, and then becomes the girlfriend. It's just a weird, like, how does this like power a, work? It's like a Pennywise trick. Yeah, yeah. It, the power is tricking him into thinking that it's this yeah. other girl. Instead of it being his girlfriend in the pool and him being like, hey, babe, you're dead. This is freaking me out. Yeah. It was weird. It was a weird choice. That is true. That is true. But well, I but part of his fear was also like that just so again with the teenage metaphors is that because he was he was the one that was uh portrayed as being um, you know, very sexually interested in things is that sex then the people I'm sexually interested in will lead to death. <laughs> I wonder That's a good point. Yeah. He has he's afraid yeah, well, so of He's afraid of doing sex the same as much thing. as just the girlfriend that he burned up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were there were two deleted scenes with this character uh, trying to get fresh with Danny and Ileana. Mm. One of them he's doing, he's he's tanning under his chin, which is hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, I, is that a Brazilian thing? Tanning your neck, I guess. But also, like, the cl- <laughs> it was never not cloudy yeah. where they were. <laughs> Um, but I guess his power, he absorbs the sun. So it makes mm. sense in that way. But it was just weird. Uh, what was that guy's name? George, uh, the, the really tan guy. Hamilton. Oh, George, George Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. I, it, he looks like George Hamilton, basically. Um, but she says to him, don't speak to me. As she walks away, he goes, he never said I couldn't look, which I'm so <laughs> glad they cut. That. Oh, God. Um, but you then know, he... Um, I was going to say, he tries to come on to Danny, and Danny's like, you're not my type. And he goes, I'm everyone's type. <laughs> yeah, there's five of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just looking over uh, Mr. Sinister's uh, powers again, um, They obviously it's Danny is the explanation you get because Mr. Sinister isn't there, but the projection of everyone's fears is absolutely something he did and can do. Mm. Which is weird. It would have made a lot more sense. But. Yeah. Uh, why Why would he say kill this person? Like, is I wonder if there's an in-universe plan that they might have had, like, stewing in the background, like, oh, we should have Sinister be the one that gives the order. But you would think that he'd be like, oh, yeah, another one. Dope. Because that is illusions <laughs> yeah. and things. 
but he was also a geneticist. So like he would take DNA from mutants. Um, yeah. I don't know. I do like how often the, the movie without even bringing attention to it makes you think they are talking about Xavier at different times. Yes. When like in the beginning of like, you know, my, what is it? My associate or my employer can find mutants. And then later on, um, a school mentioning the school and yeah. we can help you. Well, and this is a particular place for particularly dangerous mutants. Mm hmm where we help you figure out how to use your powers in safety before you go to the other. Well, that's the front, but essentially yeah. it's a place where mutants get scooped to be experimented upon by this other mutant. Yeah. Yeah. Never go to a third location. <laughs> never, 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 ever. Never. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, they speculate Reyes works for professor X. Uh, um then, uh, yeah, the fire alarm goes off after Bobby is freaking out, turning himself into a human torch, wakes up Reyes, um, draws all the kids back to uh, the pool room. Um, also, that's a very well-maintained pool for one. Was she was she clean in the pool? Yeah, that's a motherfucker of a task. Right. The former pool owner. God, hated it. Yeah, cleaning a pool is is a full-time job. Yeah, it's daily and, and getting doing more, that. Yeah, yeah doing that's exactly that work. was what I was getting at. Yeah, and you guys had mentioned earlier, right? The pool should have been behind the scenes maintaining these things. The pool should have been, been green. The church should have been full of cobwebs. Oh, that would have been great to have him think the pool is clean and then be like, oh god, it's all, <laughs> all this green. Oh yeah, that's thing. But you're right about it's the church. It's full of dead too. stink yeah, bugs. Yeah. The whole place should have looked run down. God. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's the odd thing about the chapel. Not that it existed, but that it seemed to be in use, indicating there was a, yeah. a, a father or a pastor yeah. or a deacon or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, all right. Um, Do we know what... Illusions, Michael. <laughs> Do we know what country we're in? What country we're in? No, we uh, don't know where this is. It's if, just... It all 20 feels, miles from a town. It, it all feels very unclear. It all feels Canadian, but I've come to associate the X-Men with Canada in general, mostly because of Logan or Wolverine. Well, well, we found out the Canadians fought for their civil rights. So, yeah. yeah so long. The, the Canadian, the safe space, like uh, what's it called? Um, Handmaid's Tale kind of thing. Oh, uh, yeah. You know? Canada's our, our place to run away to. Mexico's more dangerous and allows uh, experimentation on mutants. I mean, which is too bad because I, I, Canada, I can't deal with Canadian weather. <laughs> no. Give it give it another 20 years. It'll be oh, nice and yeah, warm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. Um, so, all right. Um, the whole thing was a manifestation of, uh, or an illusion. Uh, Ileana fights with Reyes, and Reyes puts the facility in lockdown. Real quick, um she, uh, Dr. Reyes, when she run, rushes into the pool area, uh, pushes him into the pool. Um, <clears throat> the water level, it was a cool effect. I thought the water level dropped like four feet because it steamed off. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That was really clever. Yeah. Those it, little details are it, yeah. super clever. I wish, I wish the broom had melted. Mm. I wish that she yeah. had portaled him or not portaled, bubbled him into the pool. Yeah, that would have made more you know? sense. Yeah. But yeah, 
whatever. Hitting with a broom was for comedic effect was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, broom, broom hits. What, what are your powers? I hit people with a broom. <laughs> well, we figured out who's been sweeping the uh, the church. Her superpower is broom sweeping use. Sweeping the legs. Yeah. Uh, night hearing. Dogs know where I point. Yeah. Um, so the next day, Reyes drugs Danny and puts her in a hypnotic state under the guise of uh, helping her figure out her powers. She starts asking her about the night her dad dies. Uh, she remembers she was running from a demon bear. Then she has a vision of the kids from Logan in the Mexican hospital. In the future. Yes. <laughs> that takes place in the future from now. That's like the 2030s yeah. or 40s. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, 2029, I think. Okay. At least it might be later, but yeah. I think yeah, it was uh, 10 Magnetic years. cars, the hovering cars on the highway or trucks. Yeah. yeah. That is the future from now for sure. Yeah. She, she sees this lady's fear, right? That is mm-hmm. the future. But she dies by bear. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so that doesn't happen. Homicide by bear. Yeah. Has this Mr. Sinister been doing this for many, many years in the same installation? I don't know. I have so many questions about that well, weird his, choice. His, his comic chronology spans many decades. Like de- many, many, many. Well, and he doesn't age and he replaces himself with right. clones that he puts his brain into or whatever. Like he gave powers to Jacob Shaw, who would become Sebastian is. Sh- is Sebastian Shaw's father, who then forms the Hellfire Club. So, like, he was around before all that shit, mm. which why, which is why John Hamm would have been a pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And and you had made the 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 comparison to Apocalypse, where Apocalypse his existence kind of fore, foretold the mutants and maybe manipulated mutants into becoming more common, whatever. But Sinister yeah. is doing it less organically and through science. Yeah, I read a in the just scrolling in the wiki that uh, there was a storyline where he cloned Namor even. Mm. Yeah, and the, called, the clone was called N2. There's like an evil clone of Namor, right? And he like Yeah. Because Namor was the first mutant, quote quote. But uh yeah, Sinister had cloned him. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, all right. So, um Danny comes and visits so yeah, I'm sorry. There's one last thing about him. Like, so he was sort of the opposite of Magneto in that way. Like Magneto thought they needed to rise up and be sovereign, whereas Sinister had no problem experimenting upon them, making his own mutants, all that kind of, you know, that lack of ethics. <laughs> well, and and similarly to, kind of shit. Similarly to Apocalypse, he is the alpha mutant. Yeah. Yeah, he has he's like doom contingencies upon a contingency. Omega level power. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's the villain in the Deadpool video game, which is an incredible game. And it's one of the funniest things ever because you're just fighting clones of all of the X-Men and all these different Marvel characters. And yeah, and mul- and you fight like hundreds of Mr. Sinisters. It's really fun. Wow. So, all right, the next, so, all right, um, while she's having the vision about the kids from Logan, Ileana gets attacked by the Faceless Men, Rain's attacked by the dead priest, he brands her a second time with the W um, before her screams bring everyone running to her, Ileana accuses Danny of being responsible for all the nightmare visions, she attacks Danny, taking her to Limbo, but Danny turns her fear of the Faceless Smiling Men on her and escapes, Ileana gets taken back to her room by Reyes, 
Later, Danny visits her, uh, returning Lockheed, the Lockheed puppet to her. They talk. Ileana tells Danny about being abused by men when she was a child and how, in her mind, they're faceless, smiling men. They bond, become friendly. Then Reyes gets a message on her computer that Danny is too dangerous and she must be killed. I get, I I tend to ignore those kinds of messages I get on my computer. <laughs> yeah, they're like Windows updates. You know, just, I'll get around. I'll murder her eventually. Can I reschedule it for <laughs> one week from today? <laughs> Four hours. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, well, maybe maybe what I'm going to do a restart anyway. Um, yeah, but then if you put it off too often, it just murders her without even asking you. I think the choice to make her the antagonist was poorly conceived. I think that making her the bad guy didn't work, honestly. Her being the like the no. driving force behind the conflict at the end. You know, like I don't even know how to put it. It's right. so it's it's so would have made more satisfying. Or, yeah. Or just the demon bear by itself. Yeah. You know? And her being like run away and getting killed by the demon bear, you know. Or run away. Like instead of being like I'm it's a demon ki- bear. <laughs> I'm gonna kill all of you. Oh no, a demon bear. What like I'd be like, I would run if it was a regular bear, but thanks for the heads up. <laughs> yeah. All you had to say was bear. I didn't need the demon that, like <laughs> indicator. Run I'll even fill in the blank of run if you say just say bear. Yeah. Uh, trust bears. Right, yeah, just say bear. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> bear is a complete sentence. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, Danny tells Rain about her vision of, uh, the Logan, Logan babies, um, (laughs) like Muppet babies, (laughs) Logan babies, and that she doesn't think Reyes works for the X-Men, but for an evil corporation, (laughs) it's Amazon, um, (laughs) then... (laughs) Reyes gets Danny and tells her they're gonna run some more tests, Rain wants to be there, but Reyes tells her no. Reyes straps Danny down on a gurney. Um, Danny's panic causes her powers to go um, haywire. Ileana and Sam get attacked by the smiling men while Roberto tries to break through the hospital's uh, outer barrier, which has uh, gotten smaller. Danny uses her powers and um, figures out that Reyes is going to kill her. Rain arrives. She's she's just half wolfed. She's gone <laughs> she's gone half dog mode. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, a little wolfy. It's a spectrum, which is interesting cuz she is a wolf at one point in the movie and then she is a she wolf. Wolf wolfiality is a spectrum. <laughs> it's true. <Yeah. laughs> it is. It's true. Yeah, it's a difficult diagnosis like in therapy. <laughs> It's it's not unlike the bear to twink spectrum. <laughs> it's not what unlike if, that. What if it was a demon twink that she was seeing instead of a demon bear? Just Jared Kushner. <laughs> demon bear. <laughs> Just fucking Gene shorts. <laughs> Just like hello. My name's Carl. <laughs> the final battle between the demon bear and the demon twink. Just hairy. Everybody and wins. <laughs> Born jean shorts. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'd watch that movie. Wait. <laughs> I I'd like to direct you to a website then if you're interested, Brian. It's called I'll Google it. It's called <laughs> sure, I'll find it. Yeah. You can find out why he's wearing those jeans shirts. Demon twink, <laughs> demon bear fight. Um, so all right. Um let's see. The yeah, uh Rain arrives, she she fights Reyes, Reyes runs away, the kids meet up and they go to Reyes's office. They realize that Reyes was training them to be assassins for Essex and that to escape, they have to kill Reyes to bring down the force fields. They find her and she warns them that Danny's too powerful and will destroy them all. Reyes traps them all in tiny little force fields. She tries to kill Danny by suffocating her, making the force field smaller and smaller. Um, The demon bear is unleashed. (laughs) He shows up. Um and eats Reyes. <laughs> Reyes gets eaten by the bear. And just like that, she's out of the picture. Yeah. Um and Danny is unconscious. Um, some day, some days you eat the bar. Some days the bar eats you. That's true. The demon bar. Mm-hmm. Um so uh Rain is trying to get a get through Danny's subconscious, urging her to wake up. Ileana uses her powers. She goes to limbo, gets the sword and armor and a actual tiny purple dragon, a living, breathing Lockheed. They fight the demon bear. Sam and Roberto join in the fight. Um, when, when Lockheed showed up, it felt like uh, like Avengers Endgame when uh, the portals start to open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was triumphant. Yes, there's a dragon in this fucking movie. Yeah, um, yeah, it was cool. I liked. They I did that, that well. Yeah. Um, so then uh, uh, Danny wakes up and calms down the bear, and the she bear just tells it, "No, no, no." <laughs> the bear's like, "No one's ever said no before." That's all you have to do <laughs> like usually, all I get is screaming. Ah, this is different. Sun's getting real low. So <laughs> yeah. I, wa- I watched a YouTube video on, uh, there's this dude, Nando V Movies, and he does like rewrites and like fan casting things. And it's, they're entertaining when I make food. Um, but he talked about this. This movie is bookended by a parable about two bears. Two bears. I would have loved for another bear to show up and be like, no, dog. I've been feeding this bear with all of the friends I made along the way. To me, that would have been a better use of bear imagery, according to our theme about two bears. Goldilocks. I'm eating two of them. Like a a bigger, happier bear or a meaner bear or something. A yogi bear. Um, But just like (laughs) this, this mean bear is now sleepy. Well, Thanks for saving us. So you you wanted a Care Bear, essentially. <laughs> I would have loved a Care Bear. Oh my god! With their mutant powers on their bellies. Wouldn't that have been interesting though? Like some fucking goofy Winnie the Pooh looking animated bear being like, that, oh, fucking that would. I, I, I could have gone for that. I I, I don't understand the question, Your Honor. <laughs> I, I think they were trying to. I think they were trying to make it the metaphor that she had been feeding it fear, and now she was. She changed to feeding it, but it was one bear. Yeah, that was the two bears (laughs) are actually two mouse. Got no, no. Well, I think it's important for our listeners that I make it a point of saying don't feed bears. 
Just no, man. No, yeah. don't trust You're, bears. Unless you want to get mauled by a bear. Yeah, do not. That's your particular kink. Yeah. yeah Otherwise, but... don't trust a fucking bear. They can be anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they live in almost any climate. They do. There was a bear in Tucson not that long ago that was wandering there's around. Two bears, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, don't fear a bear. You, as if there's like, a, I can name the bear crew. There's a good amount of bears. There's but, Carlos. Yeah, there's, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bears. Yeah. BJ. Yep, right. BJ and BJ and the bear. Yeah. All right. So, um, day breaks and the group decides to head out on the road <laughs> to see. They're going to take it on the road to see what happens. <laughs> Reroll credits. Coming along, there's a song that we're singing. <laughs> um, so we got our uh, breakfast club moment. Uh, Reyes, the dome lady, the, the dome queen. Um, <laughs> she was asleep. Totally different woman, trust Her- me. Her powers, Dome Queen. I don't know if they work while she's asleep, but they probably could have just left. I mean, apparently they did because they were watching the dome twinkle while she was asleep. When, uh, um, oh, that's true. Yeah. So apparently the dome's up even when she's out. It's magic. And she gives good dome no matter what. <laughs> that's a mighty good dome. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. No questions. Just... Yeah, yeah. So that's it. And, and this is the end of our X Men universe. The thirteenth and final X universe movie. Yep. Thirteen. Or now. Oh my God! There are it more was... X Men movies than Star Wars movies. Oh God! That's yeah. Insane. Yeah. And they <laughs> they all came out since the prequels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Despite everything, I would have been interested in a follow-up to this. Absolutely. Same. Yeah. Same. I, uh, I, good group of characters. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's a real it. good group. I enjoyed it more than I was expecting to, um, more than a lot of people apparently did, but uh, yeah. But yeah, this, it definitely felt like it was setting something up. It's not just I could have seen a sequel like that. Yeah. But there should have been. <laughs> there should have been. It'll be interesting how the MCU brings the X-Men in and if they decide to triage, you know, the entire existing X-Men universe or just leave it behind. Uh, we've already seen We saw the little blurb on the uh, computer screen. She-Hulk. I mean. Yeah. I mean, they definitely plan. I, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they pick and choose anything from actors or storylines from the X-Universe. Deadpool is the with Ryan Reynolds supposedly. is coming over. Yeah. Like it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be tons of fourth wall winking, but I think that will be how they handle that. Honestly, because with a Deadpool movie and him having the ability to travel through time, yeah, I feel like they could recast everybody else. You know, like that's fine if they want to do. Yeah, that. I mean, I like Fastbender and. Uh, uh, so, so do I. The bear, whatever his name is. Um, the other? McAvoy. Fastbender and McAvoy, fine. But yeah, they. I'm not like tied to them. Does that make Fastbender the twink? <laughs> no. 
No, I think McAvoy's the twink and Fassbender's the uh, bear. McAvoy's got to be the twink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, that's, that's about it. I don't know. Final thoughts, guys? Nope. Oh. I just wanted to see Mr. Sinister. Yeah. I mean, they should have just big dumb paid off some stuff. Well, I think it's time we rank it then, fellas. Um I'm kind of looking here towards this area feels right to me, but um, I'm willing to discuss and move up or down. Um, I'm kind of looking at the low to mid 70s. We've got where's Spirit of Vengeance? Oh, Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because I, I liked Ghost Rider as bad as it was. This movie, I, I, I am full of complaints about it, but it wasn't a bad movie. It just had a bunch of stuff I didn't like in it. <laughs> Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is at number 60. We've got that up uh, right around, let's see, we've got Super, Chronicle, Mystery Men, Man of Steel, Green Hornet, Incredible Hulk, all in that range. Yeah, was this better than Buffy? I mean, kind like, I mean, Buffy wasn't really a great movie. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, the the only thing that makes it memorable is what happened to it after the movie. Well, what about the Rocketeer uh, and Dark Man? Surprised the Green Hornets above Brown Constantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That feels. Sure. I can see that. <laughs> I think the Green Hornet just succeeded at making us laugh. Christoph Waltz was ninety percent yeah. of why I liked the Green Hornet. Oh, um, and just uh, the dude fucking up. Uh, what's his name? Um, Seth Rogen. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I could see somewhere around there, mid sixties. Yeah. Sure. Al, you you suggested around Constantine, so that's yeah. All right, above or below um, Constantine. I personally kind of liked it a little more than Constantine, but there were things about Constantine that I think maybe were better. I don't know. I think as a comic book movie, Constantine was better. We'll stick it below. We'll put it at number 67. All right. In between Constantine and the Rocketeer. A fine between spot, two indeed. bears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> between two bears. Uh, and that is it for the New Mutants. Next week, we're not going to do a superhero movie because next week begins our Spooktober series, which is... Kind of cool how uh, the the horror uh, comic yeah. book or horror superhero movie kind of fell right here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so next week, uh, it'll be a surprise. We'll tell you what it'll be when we get there. Um but uh, for the next four weeks, we're going to be doing horror movies in honor of the Spooktober. Um, each of us are going to pick one, and we're going to do one a week all through uh, October. So uh, oh, yeah. look forward to that next week, uh, the next four weeks, taking a break from our normal, regularly scheduled program. So. We'll see you then, guys. Until then, this has been your host, Throw Smiley, reminding you that even though demons can't come in churches, priests sometimes do. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm Josh Cece, and I'm a nympho, maybe. 
hopefully. I'm Brian Lesh, and I'm going to try and get a job at this hospital or church. And I'm your cuddly little fear bear, Alaric Weber. <laughs> your bear. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.